Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey, welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast. I had the best conversation with my guest today, Evelyn Sparks. Evelyn is a sex, love, and relationship coach, and she really is here to help us normalize taboo topics, speak about vulnerability, and just dive into topics that maybe we don't feel comfortable talking about. Evelyn really goes deep into going away from social norms, recovering from abusive relationships, how to reclaim your body after assault, and just why we deserve pleasure in life and how we can feel deserving of that. She had so many great quotes. I have them all written down. Um, And she just speaks with love and she speaks with passion about what she does and about how she can help you and others heal from any trauma or just bad experiences that they might have had. It's a topic that we haven't yet tackled on the podcast somehow. And I'm so glad that Evelyn was the one that was able to do that. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. She has so much wisdom. I, again, just had a notepad full of everything from it. But real quick before we dive in, wanting to say that today's episode is sponsored by the Mindset and Muscle Mastermind that is starting in just a few weeks, the beginning of January, and spots are almost filled. I only opened up 10 spots because I wanted it to be such a tight-knit group of women who are working not only personally one-on-one with me, but also in that community together to overcome the issues of negative body, terrible relationship with food, lack of love, lack of of respect. And so much of what Evelyn talks about today applies to the mindset and muscle group. It's you are deserving and worthy of living a life where you're not carrying around the burden of being consumed by food, of hating yourself, of constantly being stuck in this diet negative cycle, just living life freely of all of that. If you are ready to set your 2020 in a way that you never expected and to finally be free of that, make sure that you check out the show notes. There is a link that will get you on a quick call with me so we can dive into that topic just a little bit more, answer any of your questions, and really let me see how I can best serve you so you are getting the best experience. It is all of the tools and tricks that took me years to master shoved into eight weeks and given to you in full force. So you are honestly setting your next year, the next decade, your life up on the best foot forward. So check that on out and let's dive into all of the wisdom that Evelyn has to share with us today. Welcome back, everybody. I'm very, very excited to chat with my guest today. We are tackling some topics that have not yet been discussed on the podcast and 
the woman that I'm speaking with today is Evelyn Sparks. So welcome, Evelyn. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. As am I. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit more about you? Yeah, so um, I am in training to be a sex, love, and relationship coach. I, for the past year, have been really deep diving into studying a lot of kind of spiritual-based practices, mostly centered around sex and pleasure and healing. Um, Within there, I got uh, my Reiki attunement. I was trained as a medium. And I've just sort of got my, had the spiritual doors kind of open for me and then just dived right into that. That's so neat. I said, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and I just can't believe that in all the episodes we haven't talked about this as a podcast for women. Um, Actually, (laughs) I kind of can in just how I think some of these topics are taboo or yeah. And I'm sure you face that constantly, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do do you get kickback for being a sex, love, and relationship coach or for expressing yourself as openly as you do? I love watching your Instagram. And I know that you're just Ooh. very you. It's just very there. Is there negativity that comes with that? You know, I was expecting a lot when I first started. I was really, really nervous when I decided I was like, you know, I want to change my Instagram from my personal account to a business account and I want to just go all in. And I was really expecting and preparing myself for this hate that I thought I would receive. But I've kind of learned that, you know, when you approach something confidently, when you believe in your message what you give out, you get back. And so I put out love, I put out non-judgment, and that's really what I've received. And I feel like more than kind of like hate, I get more like creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I guess I could see that that happening. Yeah, it's a lot of, I had this guy, you know, we went on kind of a shitty date, didn't talk again. And then he messaged me months later and was like, I really like your Instagram. Like, could you give me some sex advice? You're really sexy. Like those kind of messages are what I get a lot of. And how do you handle that? Um, Sometimes I'll post them with like, (laughs) I'll edit people's names out. I'm not trying to like at anybody, but uh, I just think it's funny, you know, like that's not going to go anywhere. And I, you know, sometimes that's triggering for people to get messages like that. And I really hear that. But for me, luckily it's not, it's more just like, okay, you're not ready to evolve sexually in your life. That's fine. You know, do you, boo? That's an open place to come from. And that takes growth and awareness in yourself to say, this is a person who is not ready to evolve. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I mean, that's what you, that's what I've had to learn a lot of is like, you know, obviously people can treat you really poorly and affect your life in really negative ways. But I'm really a believer in you are the controller of your destiny. And I also believe that on some deep level, although nobody deserves it, you do attract things into your life that are meant to teach you lessons and be a catalyst for your growth. 
You have said now twice in just the few minutes that we've talked, spoke, you put out what you put out, you get back. And, you know, you call in, though you don't deserve them, those things in your life. Are there situations that have happened in your life that turned your course to be a sex, love, and relationship coach? Yeah, it's it's interesting because ever since I was young, like middle school, elementary school, I was always fascinated by sex. And not necessarily that I wanted to have it, but I just thought it was so beautiful and interesting and I love the idea of it and I just thought it was so important with having very little knowledge on it and then when I got older my first experiences with sex were really really negative and even though I sort of had these negative you know ideas of what it meant for me I knew that there was so much potential And I kind of kept it a secret for a long time because I felt like, what the hell are my parents going to think if their 15-year-old daughter is like, I want to be a sex therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just kind of kept it to myself. And I started going to see this energy worker. And she was a shaman. And she really opened my eyes to a lot. And I remember telling her I was in college at the time studying philosophy. And I was like, you know, I just feel passionless like I feel like I have so much talent so much intellect but it's just not showing in what I'm doing and I don't know what to do and through our conversations we sort of uncovered like okay I'm meant to help people have better sex and I feel like she I attracted both those really really negative experiences into my life to be you know able to kind of like relate to the people I want to work with and then I also attracted in this really really beautiful healer who sort of led me to this uh, decision through love what an amazing experience too to finally feel I can only imagine to finally feel validated and heard in something that you had thought about since being a young girl yeah Yeah, it was. uh, And, you know, I I told my parents I was so nervous about it. And they were just like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) They don't ask a lot of questions. um, But yeah, once I really made the decision, I felt like the doors just opened for me. And I was like, damn it, why did I wait so long for this? You know, it was here all along just waiting for me. And coming back also to I think what you said in the beginning as if you're leading with love, if you're putting something out with love and with good intention, that's what you get back. And that's what people see. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, you know, having, you know, my close family and friends see me kind of just fucking struggle for so long and then finally be like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm happy about it. I believe in it. Then they were all just like, yes, you know, we're rooting for you this is your path, you know, go for it. And what an amazing family and support system that you have too, because thankfully I as well come from the most supportive place of love where I could say I wanted to do and be whatever. And everyone would be like, yeah, go for it. Like, yeah, we might not understand, but do your thing. And so I feel so blessed to be able to say and do that because I realize that so many women or people don't experience that same thing. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just such a place of privilege to come from. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, I see, you know, I've listened to your podcast and I've seen your Instagram and just like when you I mean, obviously, we all have a lot of traumas to unpack and, you know, work through. But when having support behind your, you know, passions isn't one of those, it really shows because you can just, you know, have this light in your eye and just be doing your thing. And there's not kind of this fear holding you back. Do you see that a lot in the people that you serve in your coaching that there isn't that level of support or respect or guidance back to them? And then you do shut down. And that does that manifest then into your sexual life, into your relationship? Yeah, I mean, I think that everything, I think that everything affects sex and sex affects everything. And when you, you know, I, I, of course, have like, you know, self-confidence, body image issues, and those don't stem, I mean, some of them stem, but mostly not from my family and their, you know, support, which I've been grateful for. But when you come from a place of like, you know, not having confidence, it really manifests in your sex life because a lot of times that just looks like I don't know how to speak up for what I want. I don't even know what I would want if I could speak up for it because you've already gone from your childhood of maybe feeling like you don't have a voice in your family or that your, you know, happiness isn't a priority and then trying to transition into being a sexually active person where there's little information anyways and taking those kind of you know heavy things with you it really it really really affects how you show up for your own pleasure so Evelyn if someone is coming to you and they are feeling those struggles they're feeling the impact of the weight that you just talked about where do you lead them how do you take that so they're not feeling stuck or they're not feeling like everything is impacting their sex life Well, I think that it's really important to begin slowly and begin individually. And, you know, I feel like kind of the the way that you approach sexual healing is really the same regardless of any relationship status you have. And, you know, when you have these kind of burdens that you're carrying, it's really important to connect with your body and, you know, kind of start to develop this mindfulness practice. Because when you can be still and be quiet with yourself, you can kind of let this inner voice inside of you that's been bogged down to come out and tell you what you want. And so I'm a big, big believer in meditation. I've just gotten really, really into doing breath work. Um, Also, tapping is a big thing for me, because I think anything we can do to kind of physically relax and then mindfully go inside and say, what do I need? What do I actually want is kind of where you have to start. And we're not, I don't feel like we're wired to say, what do I need? What do I want? And I don't like to generalize like, oh, women feel this way more than men. But I guess just, I think speaking from the people that I know and myself, like, Mm-hmm. I think it is hard sometimes to say, well, what about me? Like what, not anyone else. What is my situation? What do I need? Yeah. Especially when you, you know, I feel like, again, this is an overgeneralization, but 
women just this feminine energy and that's the feminine energy whether you're a woman or trans or non-binary or whatever the female energy is nurture it's a giver and we don't really have any scripts for what sex looks like besides porn or you know kind of like health teachers or friends and so when we're have this like natural giver instinct to take care of other people and our only scripts look like only giving for other people where are we even supposed to learn what our voice would look like in that situation and sex is so individualized uh, and that can change it can be different in different phases of your life or different periods but there can't be a one-size-fits-all answer to anything yeah yeah exactly and just you know people's backgrounds and medical conditions and you know there's so so much that comes into play with that where do you find it to be a slippery slope if you are speaking or dealing somebody that maybe has a really bad experience with sex like you said you had mentioned in the beginning your first experiences with sex weren't maybe exactly what you wanted them to be um does that get tricky to speak to people with or is that something that you just are calm with and, you know, with practice and with knowing you can handle those situations a little bit better? Well, I think that it really easily can be because, you know, a lot of people, I know for me, I have a lot of things I know trigger me, but I also know that there's a lot of things that trigger me that I don't know about or haven't faced yet. And when you're dealing with someone who has had really negative or assault type experiences with sex, it is like, you know, you are walking on eggshells because you want them to be in a place where they feel safe enough to open up, if not to you, just to themselves. Um, I feel like for me personally, I'm a really, really empathetic and sensitive person. And so it's not it's it's something that comes easily to me to see where someone's at and be able to kind of work in a way that is most beneficial to them sensitivity wise, which I'm really, really thankful for. Um, but yeah, it is, it is tricky and you, you don't want someone to, you don't want to add to anybody's hurt that's already there when, even when it's, you know, obviously completely unintentional. Mm-hmm. Well, and, those skills that you have being empathetic, being sensitive, that's what allows people to open up to you. And even if they are feeling triggered, they can have that open communication line with you and express that. And then you can dive into whatever is needing to be discussed or tackled in a different way. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I think that I'm someone who believes in the necessity of of being triggered because it shows us where our hurts lie, but that has to be done in such a safe, gentle environment. And that's not something that can happen right away either. You know, you need to build a relationship with somebody before you've kind of earned the right to like help challenge them. I love that earning the right. Cause that's so true. It's so, so true because 
as a coach, you do need to challenge somebody. You do need to be a little bit of a driving force in that, but also finding that balance of how to do it where you're not ramming it down their throat, but you're coming from a place of love and support to help better them. Yeah, exactly. Where do you step into reclaiming that body? Where, if somebody has been assaulted, somebody has had a negative relationship, a a bad experience, where does that even begin to happen? Well, for me, I, you know, I've really had attracted in my life many toxic and abusive relationships and situations. And I, you know, really started this deep dive as just my own personal healing journey. And what I sort of learned was that when you start deciding to consciously tackle real healing and recovery, that needs to go really, really slow. And that also doesn't need to be anything sexual. Because a lot of times we have, you know, when people are traumatized, they hold a lot of somatic trauma or trauma that's been stored in our body. And especially when it comes to the genitals, that's something that you want to be mindful of because something, some, you know, self-pleasure practice or whatever that you go into with the best intention and hope for yourself can easily end in, you know, either, you know, really thinking about that event or being bummed with yourself that you're not farther along with your healing or whatever. And so for me, the, the healing really began when I decided that I wanted to heal. I started going to therapy. I think, you know, talking to someone who is qualified to help you. And then one thing that was healing for me was talking about it with my friends and, you know, gaining the sort of backbone of support where I know that even if, you know, I'm thinking about this situation and it's really hard, I have all these people to lean on. And then it kind of goes into like, okay, I'm going to meditate every day for 30 minutes. And that's going to be something that's pleasurable for me because it's a time for me to relax. And I don't need to think about those situations. I don't need to try to make an orgasm happen. I'm just going to lay here and relax and feel good. And it's just like accumulating those feeling good experiences where you're like, yes, I deserve to have pleasure in my life, whatever that looks like for you, and just building on that. And then it starts getting, you know, a little bit easier to be like, yes, I, you know, deserve to go have a really good time with my friends who care about me. I deserve to, you know, kind of work with my body and my vagina and start rebuilding and like, you know, getting my arousal back and my pleasure back. And it's just a really slow, mindful, intentional practice that doesn't look perfect, that you mess up on a lot and that can be really, you know, emotional. Anytime we heal from an internal wound that's not exposed outside, we, I think we forget about it because it's not you're in a cast or there's not a big gaping cut. So it's just like, well, I don't have to look at that every single day as that reminder and I can hide in that space. And I would mm-hmm. 
think too is something that we do make a lot of taboo or that people are embarrassed or ashamed to talk about that stuffs that down even further of dealing with that and expressing that. Yeah, you're so, so right. And that's why I think it's just so important to talk about it. You know, we all have these things that hurt us really, really deeply. And we kind of, it makes us feel alone because we think like either, oh, that person's never dealt with something like that or they have, but they look like they're doing fine. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, shuts, shuts us down where not only are we alone, but we also feel like something's wrong with us. You brought up two topics that I talk a lot about with my coaching, and that is pleasure and feeling deserving. And I think that those two things so strongly go together. And pleasure can mean so many different things. It can mean self-pleasure. It can be mean pleasure with a partner. It can mean eating a cho- piece of chocolate or going for a walk. Like we all, I think sometimes we hear that word and we instantly go to a sexual situation. Yeah. And then feeling deserving of actually feeling pleasure in no matter what space that's in. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, when this topic comes up, it just makes me sad because I know for years I thought that, you know, I wasn't deserving of pleasure. I thought that I was lucky to receive it if it was a byproduct of for example, like my partner experiencing Mm. pleasure, like if I happened to have an orgasm with sex while they were doing what they wanted, then that was just a lucky thing for me, you know? Mm -hmm. How do you overcome that? Oh, well, (laughs) that's heavy. Like, what is one quick tip on how to change that instantly? (laughs) Yeah, it's a, I mean, it just, all of this just takes practice. Because you know, when people have been having, you know, speaking up, um, sorry, one second. When people have spent their whole lives and, you know, that sort of, I say whole life because, you know, we talk about pleasure and it's not always a sexual thing. Mm -hmm. When people spend their whole lives and then when they become a sexually active person, not speaking up for themselves, not understanding their desires, that takes so, so long to unlearn. And that's what I think that people don't, I think that's why there's less people who are committed to this journey because it's hard. Like it doesn't just change overnight. You don't just like do some meditation and then suddenly all your problems are gone or find the right person and suddenly they make you feel like you deserve, you know, love or whatever. It's something that you just have to practice and it's so imperfect. And I still find myself, you know, not speaking up when I know I need to, but it's just something where it's, it's something that you can't give up on because you do make so much progress. I mean, looking back where I was a year ago, oh my God, I'm in such a different place, but every day of this year was hard. And that's just a choice that you have to make. That speaks so me to, so to me so so much of just saying it's just little tiny things that you have to work on every day. Every day can be hard, and it might be hard, but it doesn't mean that you're not progressing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, 
it's I know this is such a cliche saying that we've all heard but healing isn't linear Mm -hmm. like it's you know we go forward and then we take 20 steps back but as long as we have those days where it's like as long as you have you know there's like less bad days is something that I've really like grown to embrace yesterday for example I had a shit day I was depressed I was crying I was having a breakdown and I just was thinking about it and I was like, damn, like, why am I still here? I'm doing all of this work. Why is this still a problem for me? And then I was like, Evelyn, wait a minute. Last year, you'd have days like this four or five days a week. And now it's one every couple of months. And that is healing. You know, there's always going to be bad with the good, but it's just about there being less bad and also having a quicker kind of comeback time. I love that too. I think I've asked almost every one of my guests that has been on the podcast who works in spirituality and healing and more kind of living a higher vibe lifestyle. I'm always like, am I flawed if I have a bad day or like I feel victim? (laughs) But like you think if you're going to live in that space, it's like, well, nope, I've committed to being solid in my spirituality and being in a higher vibe, I better, can I, can I feel sad? Do I feel sad? Yeah. Yeah. You have to. And it is, you have to feel that. And I think just you saying and being aware of, okay, I'm having a really bad day. Why? What more self-love and what more of a higher vibration are you giving to yourself in that moment? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, I'm just, I'm such a big proponent of like embracing kind of our shadow selves. Like I think that we need to be angrier. I think that we need to, you know, experience sadness on a deeper level because when you're, you know, experiencing these negative emotions and you try to push them away, they don't go away. We all know that yet we all try it every Mm -hmm. single time. But when we allow ourselves to open up and feel like, okay, I am feeling this way. That's okay. I can cry. I can scream. I can punch a pillow. When we allow these in, then when we have these happy emotions or pleasure or whatever, we know how to open up our body to really fully receive that feeling. It's the yin and the yang. I mean, it's the sunshine and the rainbow. All the cliches that you hear, you have to have that duality of both sides. Yes, yes, exactly. Where can Evelyn people find you if they are wanting to know more, to chat with you? I think you bring up and speak so well on these topics that maybe somebody doesn't have a supportive family or friend system that they can go to and reach out to. Yeah, I am can be found on Instagram. That's my main uh you know, medium right now. And I'm at Evelyn underscore underscore sparks. I have um, a website that's in the works and, you know, kind of big things like that coming soon. But for now, that's where I can be found. And I'm always, always open to speak with people and kind of hear what they're going through and talk with them and offer, you know, what kind of help I can. So I really encourage people who follow me to, you know, don't be shy. Don't be afraid to just message because any, any message I get, I hold in such a space of non-judgment and love and just, I just want the best for you. I think anybody listening to that, this right now can hear and can sense that from you. You give off the most genuine, loving and supportive 
vibrations. Like I can just feel that in the sense of you speak on it because you know it and you know the value that it gives. And Mm -hmm. to be in somebody's corner that doesn't have that is such an asset that you are giving to individuals. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I I mean, truly, you just, you know, you can sense when some people are coming from a place of doing it out of the wrong malintentions or the wrong reasons or not the best space. And that's just not at all where you can sense that. And I, I, I am so in love with that. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Every episode ends with a few questions. So if you are willing, we're going to pick your brain just a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. They're pretty simple. They're about you. So you should tackle the answers (laughs) pretty well. My favorite topic. Perfect. (laughs) Then you will totally excel at this. Um, The first question I always like to know is, I am crazy about morning routines, probably Mm -hmm. because I'm not solid in one that I have. Um, (laughs) But I always, the first thing you do in the morning is what intrigues me the most. So the very first thing in the morning, Evelyn, that you do that is just for you. Oh, that's a good question. I, I'm really obsessed with people's morning routines as well. I end up like watching a lot on YouTube. So do I. I'm like, (laughs) maybe I should, I just need to be better about creating my own, but I'll watch yours again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I'd like to say that, like, I meditate first thing or do whatever, but I'm so, so imperfect in, you know, these practices. But I think that the first thing I do that's just for me is I always, no fail, make sure to take my vitamins in the morning. That's really important to me. I feel a huge difference if I don't do that. And that's just a self-care thing that I really have to do. And that's the piece of, too, like... I think the value of a morning routine truly is about self-care and maybe that's why I like them also as well because everybody might have an underlying or differences but the underlying theme is how am I best setting myself up for right now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for me, I've noticed if I have these expectations to do this really like intricate kind of glamorous sounding routine I don't do it because I'm not that disciplined when I first wake up. And then I just kind of set my day off feeling bad about myself. Like, great. I I failed that morning routine again. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So just having smaller things like, okay, I know I can swallow a pill with some water in the morning. So that's what I'm going to do. You mentioned too. I mean, I love how these conversations always come back full circle, but all of that is little tiny cumulative things that add up to a big piece. So when we're working for anything, like newsflash to any of you listening, not to set your standard low or your bar low, but do little things that make you feel good (laughs) instead of this monumental task or goal that you have to undertake first thing in the morning or any part of your day. Yeah. Just, you know, brush your teeth. There you go. Win. And be like, be proud of yourself that you did. Exactly. Being a human is hard. You know, we need to celebrate just like existing where um or what would you say is your super weapon oh you know I think I'm gonna bring it back to talking about like empathy and sensitivity like I think that that is kind of my superpowers being able to really 
connect with people, even if I've known them for 30 seconds, even if it's through a screen, I feel like I'm able to, you know, really help guide people into a place of feeling safe. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, it's just because it comes from a genuine place. And that's it too. I mean, that I think that's the underlying key of empathy is knowing that it's genuine because if it's not, it's not, I don't really think it's true empathy. And then you can just feel that it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel warm. Yeah. Evelyn, what does being fierce mean to you? Um, you know, I think that, I think that there's so, so much in this world that we have a right to feel really, really angry about, whether that's in our individual lives or in sort of the collective, you know, humanity. And I think that being fierce is when we're able to channel that anger into a passion and, you know, create from a place of just like that fist clenching, like, I believe in this so hard. I think that that's what being fierce is. Mm. And that's exactly what you're doing Mm -hmm. and standing up. And that's your story that you've shared and that you're giving space for other people to share theirs as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fierce bitch. I like it. (laughs) I like, I want to just say we're ending right there because that's the most perfect way to end this episode (laughs) of all time. So like cut, we're done. Awesome. Thank you so, so very much, Evelyn. I, Again, I, your genuine ability to connect with people just shines. And I know that so many of the women listening and men, if there, there are a few, but not many, um, mm-hmm. will take away something from this that will, that will help them and empower them. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for having me. And just, you know, thank you for doing what you do. I think, you know, when people, you know, I can just hear it from your voice and your, you know, questions and energy as well that like, you're doing what you love and that's amazing. And there needs to be more of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to the fit and fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download. So you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.